So the biggest news in the Bravo verse right now is that Candy Burris has decided that it was time for her to call it quits with the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she announced it while she was at the Grammys, um, approximately when, like a, a week ago already. So, to be honest, guys, I have talked uh, at times about Miss Candy Burris on the podcast, and although Candy was never my favorite housewife in Atlanta. Um, it's undeniable that she has given us a lot over the years. She was on the show for 14 seasons, and it's 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 hard for people to even imagine that Candy was not an original cast member of The Real Housewives of Atlanta um, because she's been on the show for so long. So Candy came as a replacement to Deshaun, and most people do not even remember Deshaun Snow, right? So that's how good Candy was. And yes, maybe she wasn't like the best with her reads and her lines or quick on her feet like Nini. However, she gave us great TV. You know, Candy had, um, she's had a very rich and interesting life since her first season on the show. You know, she gave us, you know, the relationship that she had with AJ and then he ended up uh, passing away while they were filming season two, well, at the end of season two. And then the complicated relationship between Mama Joyce and AJ, that was a very good storyline. Candy was trying to make a comeback into the music industry after like a long break as a singer because, you know, she's a an amazing songwriter, of course. And obviously she wrote Tardy the Party. Well, she didn't write it, but she made Tardy the P- for the Party better for Kim Zosiak, uh, which created like an explosive fight between Nini and Kim, who were tight before all of that. And, um, you know, I just felt like Candy had a very, very rich story. Just the fact that her relationship with her mom is the way that it is, a lot of viewers over the years felt like they didn't necessarily understood, like they didn't necessarily understood why Candy and her mom were the way that they were. Like they were so close, but at the same time, you know, people felt like Mama Joyce was really involved and controlling um, Candy's life and all of that. So, you know, and just the fact that Candy was able to, um, discuss her relationship with um or or her lack thereof relationship with uh riley's dad block right even that is a a storyline that a lot of people can relate to and when you see the whole relationship or dynamic between the daughter and the father and candy it was heartbreaking so even that in itself um made very good tv so um I also felt that, you know, when Candy met um, Todd in Africa and then started dating him and uh, everything was cool with Phaedra and they were getting along and, you know, everyone was like supposed to be part of the wedding somewhat and Mama Joyce was not accepting of the relationship between Candy and Todd. Um, that made great TV for quite some time. And for some of you, I'm not sure if... Um, all of you know, but they ended up having a little bit of a, was it a wedding special? They did a wedding special, but they also had like another show afterwards where they filmed, 
I think it was in Colorado. I can't remember if it was before the wedding or after the wedding, but you know, the candy coated gang, they went on that trip. They were part of the spinoff as well. And, you know, there was like a pretty explosive argument between Carmen and Candy's mom and all of that. It was like really great TV. So at the end of the day, um, I felt like Candy gave us some very memorable moments on the show. And uh, even her mom, like, ain't no mountain high enough. You know, even just that in itself was uh, <laughs> was enough. But um, I always felt, and I've said this before on the podcast, I always felt like Candy should have retired from the show after the huge scandal uh, between her and Phaedra. Because I felt like, okay, what is it? You already showed us your life. Uh, we've seen you uh, be in love and then lose a person that you love. We've seen you go at it with your mom. We saw you finally meet the man of your dreams uh, and then get married to this man. And now there's this scandal. Uh, I'm not even going to repeat it, guys. You know what I'm talking about. But the one between Phaedra and Portia. So... You know, who could say that they have been accused on international TV of doing something very repre reprehensible and then also had the luxury to be vindicated from those accusations as well? I think that that's like unprecedented. Candy, after that season, she should have just been like, you know what? That's enough. I don't think that I need to do this show anymore. I think that she would have like retired on a peak, kind of right? Um, or if not, maybe just come back for a season or two afterwards and then just call it quits. I felt like Candy was due to sort of like retire from the show like a few seasons ago already. That has always been my opinion. And I'm always a fan of people retiring at their best when they're at their peak rather than, um, you know, when they start to like fall off a little bit. Right. And I think that that's kind of like the case for Lisa Renna. Um, I think Lisa Renna had a peak in Beverly Hills and then eventually I'm not quite sure what happened, but it just started to fall apart and people wanted her off the show. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that it was the case for Candy, but I definitely felt like last season, the last season that she was on our screens, First of all, we barely saw her. And when we did, she never really seemed like she was happy to be filming. Maybe she was just overworked. Maybe she was too busy with all of her projects that she had. But last season to me, I, I remember thinking, Candy, maybe you really just don't need to do this anymore, right? You've been doing it for so long. And obviously, you were a household name before the show and you became even bigger even bigger than bigger while on this show. And now you have all of these other side projects that are coming or those opportunities that you're getting as a result of being on TV for so long. So why stay on the show really, right? So, you know what? I'm really excited for her. I think that this is the right move and I wish her all the best. And even though Candy was not necessarily my favorite housewife, I have to say that although... Um, I think it's time and I think it's the right decision that she is making. I will also miss her on our screens. 
Okay, let's talk very quickly about Vanderpump Rules. So I watched the episode and I have to say, by now, guys, you already know I'm not a fan of Ariana. I have never been a fan of hers, um, but she is really starting to piss me off. I feel like I understand that Ariana's upset and I know that Tom did a very bad thing. And I know that, you know, he deserves to feel like he is an a-hole for a while. But at this point, I'm not even for that storyline. It's like the whole thing, like the poor lady is getting hired. Like who gets hired to just communicate? I don't know. Like, can't you just have your lawyers talk to each other? It's like, I was so happy to see Lala call the bullshit on Ariana. You know, so far, like what, what are we like two episodes in? I have to say, and you guys know, I've never really been a Lala fan, okay? I've never been a Lala fan. But right now, it's a two for two uh, for me. I'm liking this Lala this season, okay? So far. It could, all, it, it could always change, but I'm saying we're at episode two, and so far, I'm liking Lala. Because she's calling Ariana on her BS, and it's like, girl, just move out already, Okay, just move out. It, I, I'm not saying that she has to accept the offer that Tom gave her because I don't know what the offer was. And it's possible that the market value of the house is way more and that she can pocket way more, right, from the sale of the house. So I understand that. Uh, it wouldn't make sense business-wise for her to just accept that offer. She could always counter offer or she could wait for the house to sell and just make a nice uh, chunk of change. However... The whole thing about living in the same house as Tom, I don't understand that. There's absolutely no reason why you're not just like renting a place right now. I don't know. Go back to your mom's, uh, live with a friend. Um, you know, you're making money from this show. You're on freaking Dancing with the Stars. Like you're having like a whole bunch of endorsements at this point. So it's almost as if like, I don't know if this is supposed to be her storyline, um, and the reason why she is continuing this whole thing is because it makes her feel um, powerful or dominant or interesting, but it's just not doing it for me. And she is coming across as a major, you know why, you know, uh, the whole thing about the party, like, honestly, like these people make me laugh sometimes because I'm like, Tom is like, Oh my gosh, can you ask her if I can have a party for my birthday? And then the lady who's hired to communicate between the two of them is like texting Ariana. And then Ariana is just like, no, th this is disrespectful, this and that and the other. It's like, this is his house too, right? It's not just your house. His name is on the deed. It's like, you guys are not together anymore. I understand that, but it's like he can still do whatever he wants in his own home. It is in in his own home, and I was happy that Lala said this to her. Said, "Well, um, that's his house, and that's not fair." And then the whole point. Oh, you know, I could always log in a, a noise complaint. It's like, are you serious, Ariana? Now, like, really? And then when Lala said, "But why would you do that?" I was so happy. I was like, man, call her out because this is childish. This is not necessary. And she is just, I think that whole thing has kind of gone to her head a little bit. And I knew, I saw that. Like, I always felt like Ariana, like the way that she talks, like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, it was like 
a long time ago. She said that she was the smartest human being on earth. I truly believe that Ariana believes that in her, in her brain. Like she thinks that she's smarter than everybody else and that she's, she's here and everybody else is down here. Right. Um, even when she talks to that girl like that she hired, she's just like, I'm going to continue to live or to exist in my own house, okay? Like I normally do. I, I, she's not doing it for me. And I think this season, people are going to start to see that Ariana, like it's almost like the affair gave Ariana a reason to truly show people who she is, who she she really is at her core. And I don't believe she is a nice person. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. I don't believe she's kind. I don't believe she's nice. I think it's all an act when it comes to Ariana Maddox. Um, and she comes across very condescending at times. Um, so, you know, again, Tom, he did a very bad thing. We're not going to talk about it over and over and over again. But I'm seeing people in the comments. People are starting to get fed up. I was fed up last year already and I caught some flack. But now people are fed up and they want like a different storyline. They don't care about the scandal anymore. It's like time to, you know, move it along. On November 16, 2023, I released an episode on my podcast, called Lost Cues and the Tale of the Lost Housewives or the Tale of the Forget Forgotten Housewife. I can't exactly remember, but it's an episode that was released on November 16, 2023. And the Lost Housewife in that episode is no one other than Robin Levy. The reason why I wanted to talk to my listeners about Robin Levy is because for those of you who did not know, uh, you may have seen this at some point in time in the blogs, but for those of you who do not know, Robin Levy appeared on uh, season, season seven of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I don't know if you guys remember. She um, was married to Christina and, you know, they kind of introduced her on the show as Teresa's friend. So to make a long story short, Robin and Christina were asked by production to join the show. Um, they had contracts just like Dolores and just like Siggy. And they were all filming the show together. And at the time, production was just like, you know what, let's see who we're going to extend a housewife contract to. But for now, we're just going to put you girls in the mix and we'll see, like, may the best one win type of thing, right? So apparently, Robin, she did, I did talk about that in that episode, guys. So I'm doing a very, very quick recap. Um, so Robin said that she filmed a lot of scenes um, that season, but for some reason, they only just showed us, you know, like the trip to, what, what trip was, is that Vermont? I think it was the Vermont trip. Yes, exactly. They only showed us that scene and then another scene with Rosie and all of that, right? So I don't know if you guys remember, I was wondering Oh, could it be that, um, you know, the whole situation with Rosie, could it be that Rosie felt some sort of way um, to have Robin on the show? 
because she was also gay, you know, and in a relationship, like in a married relationship with Christina. And for those of you who have been following the show, you know that Rosie, that was her storyline, the fact that she is gay and that she was looking for love, right? So anyways, I found um, a podcast that Robin did some time ago, and I will play the recording for you guys. Um, work-wise, so you were in production and sort of behind the scenes. How yes. did that meld into you being in front of the camera on The Real Housewives of New Jersey? Shit show. <laughs> and I'm asking this question because Anna's obsessed because with the I show. Watch all I don't watch like, any of them, so, you know. I, I'm happy to answer the question. It's a little bit loaded, so, but I, I know the story rather well, so I'll get through it as quickly as possible. Um, so, um, I... I was friends with a lot of the people that were on the Housewives because of also where I live. I, live, I grew up in Montville, so that's where most of the house, New Jersey Housewives are from. So organically, there was a kid that I kind of dated, quote unquote, um, this, this guy's name is Pete Granada. Pete Granada's cousin is Joe Judice. Okay. So I would hang out with them at like the clubs and the thing, you know, before I was 21, I'm not supposed to be going places. I went to all those places. And, <laughs> and you know, so we were always around together. It was just part of like regular, you know, they were just around all the time. So we were good friends. And then um, as I grew up, I used to I own Dining Out Magazine, which I didn't really mention. That was the magazine that I worked for in sales with that guy, John, who was my boss. Right. And then I bought it. I bought out the magazine okay. and I left his company and I owned the magazine for a number of years. So at that time, I, you know, that's why I also work in the industry and uh, all those um, for liquor distribution and all those brands. That's mm-hmm. how I know. Them. So um, anyway, what I did uh, was I, I ended up having an online show called Dining Out with the Manzos, uh, Albie and Chris Manzo. Yeah. I don't know. So I... I ended up making friends with them because they have black water. So I did an yep. online show with the YouTube thing. And then they're like, oh, you should meet Kathy Wakili on The Housewives because she loves to cook. So I did a little thing called Cooking in the Kitchen with Kathy on camera. Mm-hmm. And then I hit it off with her. And then Kathy's like, oh, you're going to love Rosie. you got to meet Rosie. I'm like, oh, of course I'll meet Rosie. So I... You should meet the so lesbian, right? Meet the lesbian. <laughs> I'm meet the lesbian. Right. right. So I... So her and I became super, super, super tight. So my sister and Rosie and my wife and I always hung out. Like, we went on weekend vacations together all the time. And then um, many years later, or, you know, a few years later, then Teresa went to prison. Um, then we did a thing with Joe Judice at his house when Teresa checks in. Do you remember that show, Teresa? Yeah, Check-in? yeah. So I went to that party and all the producers were there and then Rosie was there. But rewind like a year before that, I hosted a big event and Kathy and Rosie came and they filmed, Bravo filmed my event. Okay. And they were like, oh my God, I love Robin. Like she, and then she said, they saw my wife. They're like, there's no way you two are together. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah, my wife, you know, and they were like, oh my God, lipstick lesbians. They're right, lesbians can both be pretty? I'm confused. <laughs> right, like, oh my God, what? For Bravo, you know, so Bravo was all over that, right? So then Rosie got word of that. That did not go over very well. Like, uh-huh. you know, in my head without, like, this is a little bit of an assumption because she never told me this, but it felt like 
don't take my spot on the lesbian. Yeah, like, yeah. It was kind of felt like that. And that really changed our relationship a lot, unfortunately. And then um, nothing really transpired, but I talked to the producers a lot. And then come this, uh, Teresa uh, checks in or whatever the show was. Yeah. We were at Joe's house and I was with the kids. And then the producers were there again. And they're like, oh, you like, and, and Rosie was there because they were filming. So Rosie kind of like did not want to do a scene with me, but they asked her to, so she had to do it. Um, and that kind of changed my relationship with her for forever. So when I when I actually ended up shortly after that becoming hired uh, as a cast member, it was me, Christina, my wife, and Dolores and Siggy Flicker. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was the first time that Bravo decided that they were going to bring everyone in as B characters and kind of fight for your role uh-huh. and I was just like oh we'll be lesbians and we'll have fun <laughs> <laughs> no so the whole idea was that like Teresa um, was coming home from prison and Jacqueline Marita did, they had a problem mm-hmm. and Jacqueline kept calling me to be on like her team her side of, and I was like I'm not doing this this is ridiculous I'm friends with everybody and I knew Jacqueline Marita for years because I did a photo shoot for Black Water with the Manzos at her house. Um, So anyway, they all pretended that they didn't know me during filming. It was the because they didn't want me to be on the show. Oh my god! They all pretended. Let me turn off the volume. That's so Um, weird. It was so weird. So I would film, and then like Jacqueline wanted to fight with me all the time, and then Kathy and Rosie. Every time I would see them during filming, they would um, pretend like we never had any history together. Ever. That's so bizarre. So the show is as lovely as I assume it is, because I won't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really like Lord hard. of the Flies. You know, it's in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not for me at all. Not that I don't like binge watching housewives like to make myself feel better like <laughs> that's exactly what i tell her <laughs> yeah it makes everyone feel better about themselves yeah. right especially like you know the new jersey there's more fighting like beverly hills is better because it's like we want to see what they're wearing and right. it's all fabulous right but it's i don't know i guess because i don't love to fight that was really hard for me because they weren't talking about my life they just wanted me to be part of like this thing that wasn't real right like pick a team and then fight it, I would just have anxiety all the time with all the fighting but you know it was the only good thing that came out of that for Christina and I is that we got paid to be together right, right. you That's know true. like we were working but we were having fun Go, you know they didn't show us on and anything that we filmed and, and then they decided that we weren't going to be full time cast members which ended up being the best thing for me yeah in the end in that podcast basically robin admits that she was friends with rosie for quite some time they went in vacation together they went on several trips um her rosie and robin's wife christina and they were super super duper close and then when you when uh teresa went away she had that show, Teresa Checks In, and uh, produ- production had reached out to, I think, Robin to film with Joe Judice as well, given that she already had a relationship with Joe Judice. She was friends with Joe before she was even friends with Teresa. So anyways, production really liked Robin at that time and Christina, and they're just like, you know what? You need to come around for season seven. 
um, because we would love to have you on the show when Teresa returns. Like it would like, you know, you guys are a beautiful couple. You're fiery and all of that. So we'd like to see more of you. So I guess Rosie heard that. Like, she, I don't know how she heard that, but she heard that production had made that comment to Robin. And I guess she felt threatened. That's what Robin is saying now. This is how I felt too. I was like thinking, oh, okay, that, that's probably the reason why. But now that I found that little podcast... It was actually confirmed by Robin that Rosie felt threatened um, that production was interested in um, Robin and Christina, right? Because I guess maybe Rosie was afraid that she would lose her position on the show or her storyline or, you know, that those girls would overshadow her sort of things, right? So, and if I can just make a little bit of a sidebar when it comes to all of that, I think that Rosie, she played her cards wrong in that instance, because, you know, very often people think like that. They're just like, well, I'm the only gay person on the show, right? So therefore, there cannot be another gay couple or another gay person on the show because, you know, they're going to dim my light. But I think that Rosie was interesting enough with her personality and all of that, you know, her jokes, her her temper, her big heart. I think at that point, if Rosie was really that close to Christina and Robin, she should have just embraced them on the show. And just hear me out, guys, because a lot of people could be thinking, well, Stella, this is so easy for you to say. But hear me out. Hear me out. I really feel like she should have played her cards differently. And I think if Rosie would have remained friends with Robin on camera and Christina, it would have probably been better for her because at that point, it's almost like she's creating more of a storyline for herself because we could have a reason to film Rosie alone, not just with Kathy and Richie and not just related to the drama that they had with Teresa Judice at the time. It could have, it could have become, it could have became at that time, Rosie looking for love, um, you know, like going to those bars with Robin and Christina and, you know, they're helping her try to find the right person for her kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because we've seen on the show, like Rosie goes to like the gay bar with Melissa, with her sister, Kathy and all of that. But imagine if Robin and Christina were on the show and not fighting with Rosie, because at that point, Rosie refused to film with Robin and Christina. She wouldn't talk to them on camera because she's upset, right? But in my opinion, if Rosie had played her position differently, she could have just made them her friends on her show, on the show. And then we would have seen her just go to bars and try to find love. And then, you know, those girls probably know a lot more um, women for Rosie that are that could have been suitable for Rosie. And it's even possible that Bravo might have found them so good together and hysterical that maybe they would have been granted their own show, right? So it's almost like NECA, you know, another sidebar. It's almost like NECA in Potomac, right? She's playing her cards wrong too. I think that the fact that she's coming on the show and she's like, okay, there's already a Nigerian girl there. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to have beef with the Nigerian girl. Instead, 
I thought that NECA should have just been like, let me come on this platform and befriend Wendy, right? That way we can show them what the Nigerian culture is all about. Because guys, it's a very rich, like, you know, they're very, like, I'm not talking financially. Like, of course, like there's like a big, rich <laughs> uh, Nigerian community in the United States, but I was not talking from a financial standpoint. I was just, I was just saying it's very rich in culture. So, you know, it's very possible that if NECA would have played her cards right, that even the producers would have been like, you know what, this is actually quite interesting. Let's see if there's a possibility for like a Nigerian spin-off on Bravo. But instead, people get threatened and they feel like they have to become enemies rather than, um, you know, become allies on the show, right? So anyways, back to Robin. So Robin said, you know, one thing that I wanted to share with you guys is that Robin says that she already knew Jacqueline Lorita as well. And the reason why she knew Jacqueline is because Robin did some work for, um, I guess, the Brownstone or BLK. So she had already met Caroline and Caroline's sons and all of, like, Albert and all of that. So apparently she did a few events at the Brownstone and had met Jacqueline, like, a time or two. So what's fascinating is that on the show, Jacqueline is very, she's, you know, she's not very nice to Robin. She calls her a troublemaker. She says that Robin um, is a soldier to Teresa. Uh, you know, she's really kind of like always antagonizing Robin. And you, you even see Dolores. Dolores is like, oh, you know. Robin doesn't really mesh well with the group, right? Well, now we understand why Dolores was saying these things. It's because at that point, Robin and Christina were also in the running to become full-time housewives. It was them against Dolores and Siggy. And in the end, they picked Dolores and Siggy, right? So, but hear me out, guys. Listen to this. Apparently... And you're going to listen to this on the recording because I'm going to play it for you guys. Robin says on that podcast that Jacqueline would call her all the time. Before Robin joined the show for season seven, Jacqueline Lorita would call Robin all the time and have conversations with her over the phone and would say to Robin that she needs to pick her side. If you guys remember season seven, that's when Teresa came back from prison. Jacqueline and Teresa were not in a good place, right? Teresa was not friends with Jacqueline at that, at that point. So when Jacqueline heard that Robin was joining the show, she called her and said, hey, you know, you know what? You need to be my friend. You need to uh, be on my side. Let Teresa have Melissa. Let Teresa have the other people, but you need to be on my side. 
To which Robin responded, I'm not going to do that, Jacqueline, because I have a history with those people as well. I've known Joe forever. I, I know Teresa now. You know, I have a relationship with pretty much all of the women on the group, like in on the show. So I'm not going to pick a side. I'm just, you know, going to create my own story. So therefore, after Robin said that to Jacqueline, Jacqueline was not a happy camper. And that's why you see the tension between Jacqueline and Robin on the show because Jacqueline was upset, right? That Robin didn't pick her side. But anyways, that's not the whole reason why I wanted to talk about Robin Levy today. The reason why I wanted to talk about her is, I don't know if you guys heard, but you know, there's a lot of information out there. So it's impossible for everyone to know everything. Like, at any given time, right? There's a lot of gossip out there, but apparently Joe Judice, when he came out of prison uh, or ICE, I should say, and got deported to Italy, he was supposed to ha have his own show, like his own cooking show. And that show was supposed to be produced by Robin Levy. For those of you guys who do not know this, Robin is actually a TV producer, right? You can find stuff about her that go back, it goes back like 10 years, right? Even like a little thing that she did with Kathy and all of that. In fact, that's how she got to uh, get introduced to Rosie. It's because she did that little thing on YouTube with Kathy about her cooking. And then Kathy was just like, hey, you're so great. You should meet my sister, uh, Rosie. And that's how they met and became friends, right? So anyways, Robin was supposed to produce this TV show for Joe Judice. Uh, and the TV show was supposed to be called, I think, Juicy Joe Cucina from Italy to Jersey. That's That was supposed to be the name of the show. So then apparently Joe was supposed to film himself like either when he's in Italy or the Bahamas. It really didn't matter where he was in the world, but he was supposed to be competing um, against other contestants and even his own family, like his mom, uh, maybe his sister, like the people that still live in New Jersey. Right. And at the time, even his daughters, like his, I, I don't know if it was all the, like four of them, but anyways, his daughters, like at least Melania and, and Gabriella and Gia for sure. Cause the other one might've been a bit too young, but it's possible that she was willing to partake in that too. Um, they were willing to compete with him virtually as well, right? So Robin said back in, when was that, like 2020 or something? She said, well, you know, we don't know if Teresa is going to partake in that, but we know that the daughters are interested, okay? So, so far, so good. The reason why I'm bringing this up to you guys is because recently, I think someone has asked Teresa on her podcast, and we'll talk about that, guys, because there's a lot to cover when it comes to Teresa's last episode that she did yesterday without Melissa Feaster. But someone asked Teresa when she would bring back the cooking show, right? Because 
Teresa had a cooking show on YouTube. It dropped every Wednesday uh, in the evening and it was like this big production, um, you know, like the cameras and all of that. It looked pretty neat, right? Now, as far as the recipes and um, as far as the recipes and the content, you know, I would just say that it wasn't necessarily for me. Um, I think that Teresa looked very good and it looked very well produced, very high tech and professional. But I just I just found that Teresa was not really a talker. And it's like, you know, she would make the food and not necessarily have like she's not a conversationalist. Right. We know that. So sometimes there would be like a lot of silence and your silences and you'll be like, OK, we can see you cut the tomatoes or, you know, hit on your chopper. And it's just kind of like a little bit boring in my opinion but that's me right i'm sure other people enjoyed it but anyway so someone asked teresa um when you know if she would bring back the cooking show to which she responded oh no you know what like I don't know if I'm going to do that because, you know, we had to pay for like a team of people and camera, like a crew. And, you know, it became quite costly. So I don't know if I want to do that because probably the channel was not making as much money or generating enough revenue to actually actually justify paying for the crew and all of that. Right. So that's the reason why we haven't seen those episode episodes being dropped every Wednesday. So. One thing, it kind of clicked to me and I, I decided to do a little bit of research and then I was just like thinking, okay, so what happened to that cooking show that Joe Judice was supposed to have with Robin, right? They were supposed to do this cooking show together and we all know that Robin and Teresa do not have a relationship anymore. There was a falling out between the two. I talk about this on that episode, on November 16 episode. I talk about the falling out between Teresa and Robin that had to do with a business deal. Okay. Again, you can go back and listen to the episode, but just to do a small little recap for those of you who have not listened to it. Robin and Teresa were supposed to produce um, a reality series called Facts of Wife. And I think because Robin is gay, I think it had to do with um, like, a, like a gay couple or gay marriage or around those lines. So Teresa was supposed to finance the project uh, and be an equal partner. And she was also supposed to do that with one of her best friends. I don't know who the best friend was at the time. Uh, they never say her name. They just say that it's Teresa's best friend. Um, at the time, I thought that it could have been Dina, but now I'm going to say that it was probably not Dina. Um, I think maybe it was one of her other friends, maybe Rosanna, because all I know is that the project fell through because... Teresa's best friend was getting divorced at a time and she couldn't finance a project uh, while she was getting divorced. Right. So she had to back. She had to back out. And then Robin was like, well, I probably need to find another person to finance the project and I can't make you an equal partner because you're not technically funding the project anymore. Um, so I guess it created some problems between Robin and Teresa and the best friend. And um, 
Robin said to Teresa, well, I'm still going to do this, whether you want to join me or not. And Teresa was upset, apparently, that Robin said that. And I think they have not spoken since, right? Um, because Teresa was upset that Robin wanted to continue with the project without her as a partner and her friend. So anyways, now I'm thinking, because there is no uh, Juicy Joe Cucina going on right now. It seems like the project is not, like it seems like it's not going on, right? I tried to look for Joe cooking online. Like I've seen him on his Instagram stories and all of that, but I haven't seen anything with Joe, um, Joe Judice's Cucina, Cucina or kitchen, right? So I'm wondering, given that Robin and Teresa are not friends and because of a business deal that was not su successful, is it possible that Teresa said to Joe, "You, I don't want you to do the cooking show for two reasons. Number one, I don't like Robin. And, you know, she kind of, not that she did, I don't believe that Robin did Teresa dirty. I think that, you know, Robin was being smart. Um, but, um, you know, there's tension there. So it's very possible that Teresa said to Joe, I don't want you to do the project with her because me and her don't get along. And also, I don't want you to do a cooking show because then it would be competition for my cooking show right and to be honest guys if juju dice had a cooking show i would watch because i think even though he's not a talker what he says is funny and that's the reason why people liked him on tv right and he's also a very good cook in fact we have seen him on tv cook and he cooks very well so i think that Teresa knows that and maybe that would have created some sort of competition for her youtube channel right and therefore the project um was never able to get executed i guess right so i don't know i'm gonna look into that a little bit more i'm just giving you my opinion but if i had to to make an educated guess i would say that that's what happened speaking of cooking and guys you have to bear with me today because i have not been feeling well this week it's not the flu it's not that it's just like i'm having like serious migraines and i'm still dedicated to you guys so i am doing the podcast but you have to bear with me <laughs> if i ramble a little bit uh, too much today so speaking of cooking show i don't know if you guys have seen joe gorga has been posting like little stories here and there and he's in the kitchen and he's like making i think he's like making meatballs or something like that and uh, i think melissa was there too but you know they've been posting little clips of themselves on instagram and other social media platforms and uh i've been thinking this for a long time but now that they're doing it like that and i don't know if it's intentional or not but honestly, guys, I would love it if Joe and Melissa had their own 
you know what i wouldn't even say that it's a cooking show because at this point and that's just my opinion guys at this point nobody cares about getting like a recipe for meatballs or lasagna it's like we know there's tons of recipes out there for that right but what i'm saying what i'm interested in is seeing them as a couple in the kitchen you know melissa could be just prepping supper and joe is in the background helping her right and um at the end we can see what they eat and then you know they can call their kids over or just say okay this is what we're having blah 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 blah, blah. but i think that that would be like a good extension of what melissa is already doing because you know guys she has a podcast and she has a very successful podcast at that and i believe that Mel uh, melissa gorga is amazing like and i have to be honest guys when she started the podcast, I was just like, oh, okay, let's see, right? And I've been listening to every single episode and she's good. She is very good at what she does. And I'm actually like, I'm impressed. And I've said that over the years, right? So anyways, I think that it would make sense because Melissa has a lot of interesting guests that come on her show, on her podcast. And, you know, her podcast is all audio. It's There's no video, which I like. Um, the only time, the only time that I wish that it was not just audio are the times where Melissa has either Joe on or her family, like her sister and her moms and her cousin and all of that. Those are the only episodes where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I wish I could see those people right now, right? I wish I could see them on my screen as they're having this podcast, right? So to me, it would it would make a lot of sense if, you know, Joe is on the podcast right now, like the episode just dropped and it's Joe and Melissa. And this is what people like. They love Joe and Melissa's banter. Like they are so good together. Like you can see the chemistry or hear, you can feel the chemistry through the microphone. So to me, it would be kind of like an extension of their like existing podcast to have like, Oh, come and join us for like, I don't know, like Melissa and Joe, like are you know, we're prepping dinner and they're doing, they're recording their podcast episode as they're prepping. And then they can talk about whatever they can talk about, you know, relationships. They can talk about the show. They can talk about whatever, but them together, um, as a couple, people love to see them. Right. So I think that that would be really, really super cool. And I think that that would do very well because it's not forced. Like Melissa knows how to talk to Joe. Joe knows how to talk to his wife and we can feel their love. So I don't know, like something to think about, right? I'm an idea incubator. So <laughs> I would love to see that. Let me know what you guys think. Should Melissa and Joe do one episode a week in their kitchen or just doing like regular stuff as a couple and just, you know, post it online, have like a channel that would be like a YouTube channel. I think that would be pretty neat. Let me know in the comments, guys. So Teresa released an episode on her podcast with um i think that the guy that was with her i think he helps them with the podcast like behind the scenes i can't remember what his exact title is but he definitely helps them with uh, behind the scenes um with the podcast so 
they said that Melissa Feaster is very sick and at the hospital and unable to um, to join them. Like for, I think it's like the second week because last week they did not release an episode. So for those of you who were wondering where Melissa Feaster was, apparently she's sick, like very sick. So obviously we wish her well and to get better soon, right? Um, so they did something a little bit differently um, since Melissa wasn't around. Um, the, the guy, I can't remember his name. He kind of took the, the position of Melissa Feaster and he was asking Teresa question, questions that came from the fans, right? So no one came on camera. There was no guests. There were no guests on the show. It was just simply like the guy asking some questions that he probably received from, I don't know, the internet or like emails or DMs or chats. And then basically presented those questions to Teresa. So um, I'm not going to go through every single one of those questions. But I have to say that um, I was surprised that there was like a question in there that was not necessarily um, a softball question um, for Teresa, <laughs> if I could say that. And uh, because, you know, guys, like, you know, like I find that sometimes when people come in there, it's always like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're like great, 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 great. As if like Teresa is like God, uh, which she is not. And, you know, people, they never challenge her with any challenge. Like there's never a difficult question for her. Right. So I was happy that this guy picked a question that was a little bit like challenging and um I have to say, I know that Teresa is not the best communicator and um, I know it's hard for her to communicate certain things, even though I feel like I understand what she is trying to say. At this point in the game, I think that Teresa could really, like someone said at some point in time that she was paying someone to coach her with her answers. I don't know where that person is. Uh, I don't know if this is an ongoing thing, but I think when it comes to um, talking her about, you know, her legal case, well, you know, she doesn't have a legal case anymore. But when it comes to that particular question, for some reason, Teresa, after all of these years, she does not communicate that in a way that makes her look or sound intelligent. And I'm not calling her a name here. I'm not calling her dumb. You, you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, I do not call anyone any names. But although I understand what Teresa is trying to say, I find that in her delivery, it makes it her, her response does not sound like very intelligent, very smart. And, um, you know, I, I understand what Teresa means when she says, I did not know, or, you know, I did not commit a, a crime. Therefore I can, you know, walk with my head up high and I trusted my husband and he kind of deceived me. I understand that that part is clear, but at the end of the day, you know, the law is very clear when it comes to that. The fact that you don't have any knowledge or that you did not know that you were committing a crime does not excuse you like from you know legal repercussions or consequences okay and at the end of the day she likes to say you know i signed on two houses my husband was kind of like using my credit because my credit was good and 
I was basically acting as like a guarantor, right? That's what she, she was explaining. And then, you know, she was also saying that at some point in time, banks and financial institutions, they were just like giving away mortgages or loans to people. Um, and it was like very easy, which is the reason why, you know, the, the country, there was like a, a financial crash, right? At some point in time, because banks were granting loans to people that did not necessarily qualify to repay these loans, right? And then a lot of people were forced out of their homes when the interest rate went up, right? Um, because it's never a very good situation when you end up owing more than the value of your home, right? So anyways, so whenever Teresa talks about that, I think she forgets to, this is what the person meant when they say accountability and stop blaming other people for your misfortunes. Because at the end of the day, the, the court doesn't really care that you had a traditional marriage. They don't really care that, you know, this is what you're supposed to do as a wife. Um, you're still supposed to ask questions and you're still supposed to know what is going on in your household. And, you know, I think Teresa forgets that there's like indictment papers out there that people can read with very detailed charges and... And, um, you know, the whole thing with the bankruptcy, like when she says, and we talked about this extensively, guys, but when Teresa says they wanted to make an example out of me by sending me away, she also forgets to recount the multiple times that she did not, her and her husband did not disclose certain assets that they had and they kept on just like going back to court. Like, you know, they had to put everything in a statement and say, we owe this, we, we, we owe this, we owe, we own that, we own that, we own this. And they didn't do it, you know? And then the court was just like, okay, we're going to give you another chance. And then it went back and they're like, well, you forget, you forgot again to disclose this and that and the other, give them another chance. So there was a lot of back and forth. I think it happened like three or four times. Right. And then eventually judge salas had enough and she was just like listen do you understand the seriousness of this mess that you're in right now and we're giving you guys so many chances and you're st you still don't want to disclose jewelries you still don't want to uh disclose artwork you still don't want to disclose atvs you still don't want to disclose this and that and the other it's like this is very serious. This is a very serious matter, Teresa and Joe. So now, because I feel like you guys are not listening or are not taking this seriously and are not being completely um, honest and forthcoming with what should be included in that, in, in that statement, I'm going to make an example out of you. And now you're facing prison time right? When it could have just been house arrest or just like basically pay it all back kind of thing, right? So she's not completely, completely honest when she says that they just wanted to give her prison time because she's Teresa Judice. She fails to mention that she was given, her and Joe, they were given lots of opportunities to like in front of the court to make it right. And they made it wrong every single time. And that's the reason why at the end, when Judge Salas sentenced Teresa, she said, 
you, I feel like you did not get it, but I feel like you get it now. Like right now, as I'm sentencing you, now you're understanding that, you know, this is why you're going away for a year to teach her a lesson, right? So it's all very sad. I never, I never wanted for Teresa to go to prison, you know, um, you know, my opinion when it comes to that, like, I feel like, yes, yeah, she committed a crime. So did Joe, uh, white collar crime, have them pay it back, you know, have them paid back, give them some community work, give them like some probation time. Um, you know, they didn't do what Jen Shaw did. Like Jen Shaw, I believe deserves, you know, what she got. Right. Uh, but Joe and Teresa, I think that it's a different situation. So definitely consequences, not necessarily prison time and definitely not deportation. That's just my take on it. But anyways, so whenever Teresa says this, I find it, it's, I find that it's so disappointing because after all of these years, this is how she sees things, right? And it's kind of like scary and worrisome because she is in a new marriage right now with a man who doesn't necessarily have the best reputation and also has had problems uh, legally with certain businesses. So, you know, the fact that she just wants to put her, her head in the sand and just act as if like, oh, you know what, I just trusted my husband and uh, I ended up in prison. And then a few episodes ago, she was basically t telling Melissa Feaster the exact same thing, that she trusts Louis with everything, that she doesn't ask him any questions about anything. And uh, she looked very uncomfortable, kind of like even like, you know, it's it's like it's not even a thought in her mind that she needs to ask questions at this stage of the game, especially now that she is Teresa Judice and been on reality TV for 14 seasons. She should be. Uh, more careful. She should want to know a little bit more. So I thought that that was very interesting, but I digress. Another thing that um, she talked about on that episode, she was saying something about, oh, you know, there's rumors uh, floating around about my relationship with Melissa Feaster and my relationship with my husband, Louie. And, you know, I guess if people are not talking about you, it means that you're not relevant. And that's just like that. Right. So, you know, I guess I'm just going to talk about the whole Louis situation. I'm not one of those accounts that started the rumor online that Teresa and Joe, uh, Teresa and Louis were divorcing or separated or all of that. Right. But I've seen the rumor on online and people have commented on it. And I've gave I, I gave my opinion on the matter. I would want nothing more for Teresa um, to be happily married like forever with Louis or whoever is, you know, the man of her dreams, right? However, if the rumor is true and I am not changing my opinion when it comes to that, if the rumor is true, Teresa would never tell us that it is that's my opinion when it comes to that i really don't care if Teresa stays with louis or divorces louis that's her life and she's a big she's a big girl right but i feel like if there was trouble in paradise we would be the last ones to know i truly believe that you have to remember this is how Teresa acts with joe everything was fine 
Joe was not cheating on her. Joe was the best husband. Joe was the best this, the best that. It's only once Joe went away to prison and then eyes that Teresa started to open up and say, you know, I think that's when she was the most honest when it came honest when it came to her relationship with Joe. She said that, you know, she had um, suspicions that he was not always faithful to her. Right. And um, he wasn't always the best husband and that kind of stuff. Right. So. You know, if Teresa was going through something with Louis, I don't think that she would tell us right away, you know, because I still like we don't know her, but, you know, we see her on TV. She seems to be the kind of person that has a lot of pride and it would take a lot, you know, for her to admit that, you know what, I didn't want to believe the red flags kind of thing. So, no. I, I, I'm, you know, for the people that want to say to me, you see, she came out and said that everything is fine with Louie. I wish her just that. However, I'm very cognizant of the fact that even if things were not fine with Louie, she would not tell us that she would not. Right. That's just how Teresa operates. And another thing, um, what's going on with the sister-in-laws? You know, it's funny because Teresa talked about Bali during that episode. And she said, you know, Louis and I, we do things away from each other sometimes. You know, he had to travel for business. I, I guess he was in Switzerland. And then she said, you know, I did a girl's trip before and I went to Bali. But what's funny is that <laughs> she didn't say I went to Bali with actually my sister-in-laws like Veronica and Jennifer, because that's who she went to Bali with right? Uh, she was freshly married uh, with Louis and then they did that girl's trip and they went to Bali and she stopped in Dubai. If you go on her Instagram, you can see it. So I, I thought that it was interesting that she didn't mention the name of Veronica and Jennifer because what happened to the sister-in-laws, right? I thought they called you every day. They care about you so much. I <laughs> That's what she kept on saying to Melissa, right? So is it still Melissa's fault? I'm just wondering, guys, like for those of you who are listening and like to say that Melissa is the problem in the relationship. If Teresa and her sister-in-laws are not in a good place right now, then I think we can have a pretty good indication of who the problem is, right? In the relationships, in the relationship with the sister-in-laws. But I would like to find out about that. But I think I said to you guys last week that the sister-in-laws are not following Louis anymore. Like, I think Veronica is not following Louis. And I think Jennifer Ruhelas is not following him either. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on on that front. But that, I thought that that was very interesting and pretty telling. And a few episodes ago... Um, I think it was while the episode was like when they were filming um, season 14. You know, that whole thing about the bottle of Johnny Walker blue, like everybody was talking about that. I gave you my opinion when it come, when it came to that whole thing. And now I wish that because apparently Teresa gifted a bottle of Johnny Walker blue to Joe and Melissa for their housewarming party. And at first she wanted for John Fuda 
to give the bottle and the card, but John said, no, you can do it yourself. Like I don't want to be involved kind of thing. Right. Which I agree with. And apparently the person who ended up delivering the present was Dolores Catania. So rumor has it, you know, those are all rumors. So we'll see next season. Rumor has it that Joe Gorga did not read the card. He just kind of like tossed it and he didn't read what Teresa put in the card for him. And then Melissa grabbed the bottle of Johnny Walker Blue and just put it on the shelf. Now I wish that we knew what Teresa had written in the card because my opinion, guys, was, and I've said this a few episodes ago, I said, Teresa said to her brother that she was done with him. She said to Melissa, after this reunion, I will never look at your face ever again. And she was pretty adamant to sever all ties with her family. So why would Teresa want to gift a bottle to her brother after saying all of these things? And I don't know if you guys remember, my, but my opinion on all of that was that maybe, just maybe, that's my opinion, maybe Teresa is seeing some of the red flags with Louie. And maybe Teresa is saying to herself, I might need my brother and my sister-in-law after all, okay? Because I don't know if this is forever. It's very possible. Because to me, that's the only logical explanation as to why she would send a bottle to her brother after basically uh, saying in front of the world that she wanted nothing to do with him, right? To me, that's the only logical explanation. And I've seen things like this happen. It's almost like, oh my gosh, I don't know a hundred percent. I thought I knew a hundred percent who this man was, but now I don't know. Like there's something like, you know, the gut feeling that you get sometime. I tell, I'm telling you guys, Teresa is not stupid. I know a lot of people like to say she is. I don't believe she is. And I think that just like you and I, or everybody else, she feels these things as well, right? Now, whether she wants to talk about them to the world, that's one thing. And you know what? That's also her choice and her right, right? But I think that, you know, maybe deep down inside, she might have, um, she might be struggling a little bit. You know, there's probably something about this guy that she is not completely um, sold on. And I've even said that the last episode, you know, the last episode of last season, I think it was last episode where Teresa was crying in the room and Louie was just going crazy, calling her family a snake pit, like, you know, and saying all of these things about Joe and Melissa. And I remember looking at Teresa's face and she looked really puffy, like she had just cried a lot. And I remember saying, I don't know if Teresa believes everything that Louis is saying to her. Like, it's almost like she was looking at him, but she was looking at him like, you're doing too much right now. And who are you? You know, are you my future husband or are you acting? Like she was looking at him kind of like, who are you? It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde right? So anyways, let me know what you guys think when it comes to all of that. But 
That's the only explanation that makes sense to me when it comes to that bottle. Teresa does not want to completely shut the door on her brother because she is not completely sure about Louis. And she might need her brother after all. And the whole thing about Melissa Feaster, I don't know. That's the second thing. I don't know. I don't know if the rumors are true. All I can say is what I have noticed over the weeks. Uh, every episode with them seems to be a little bit different. And the chemistry has changed and shifted according to my eyes. I think other people have seen the exact same thing. Um, only time will tell. Only time will tell, you know. Um, I have said time and time again that it must not be easy to have a podcast as a person who is not in the public eye and does not have the following that Teresa Judice already has, right? So Teresa is the star and that's why people are tuning in. And it must not be easy for Melissa, who is probably doing a lot of the work when it comes to the podcast, um, you know, to accept because she wants to be recognized too, right? She wants to feel like she matters and that she's important. And you know what? She is. But it's not like a, like a fair, it's just not a fair situation given the level of stardom that Teresa Judice already has, right? So I don't know, like um, th that guy, he was saying, oh, you know, people need to get a life and start um, worrying about their own life, uh, about their own lives rather than like trying to make up stuff about you and Melissa. Well, I agree that if like a rumor is detrimental and it's like something that is meant to, um, you know, hurt or it's just like mean spirited. Okay, fine. Get a life. I agree. But at the end of the day, Teresa is in the public eye. Uh, people are going to comment on these things. Right. And at the end of the day, it's part of the game. Right. It, it's part of the game. That's what keeps her also relevant because people are talking about her. So, you know, I would tread a little bit lightly with that type of statement, like get a life, people. <laughs> I thought that that was a little bit funny. I just wanted to give my listeners a little update on my interview with Kim D. Kim D was not feeling very well this week. I think she has the flu. So we have decided to postpone our little chat for next week. So therefore, it gives you an additional week to my listeners to ask me your questions for Kim D. So that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch me at relatable underscore Stella on Instagram, housewivesrelatable.substack.com and Housewives Relatable on YouTube. Thanks for listening, guys. And as always, be a fan, not fanatical. Ciao.